Our Old Testament reading today is found in Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. You'll find that on page 89 of your church Bible. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Today our epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 12 through chapter 4, verse 6. You'll find that on page 1143. Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their heart. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness, with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Second uh, Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth, plainly we command ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, but who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as our Lord, and ourselves as our servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of, the, out of darkness, make, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge that the glory of God in the face of Christ. Today our gospel reading is from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9, found on page 1000. In respect for the gospel, please rise. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them high on a mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, 
whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter asked Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came up from the cloud. This is my son, whom I, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with him except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. God's grace and God's mercy and God's peace. These are yours through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. We're going to look at the Gospel lesson for this morning uh, from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, I'd like to lift up for you verse 5 again. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, in a way, I, uh, I want to apologize to you for what I'm about to say. Uh, you'll know why in a few moments, but for now, I'm sorry. Pecan pie, apple pie, chocolate cream pie, pumpkin pie, blueberry pie, cherry pie, mixed berry pie, peach pie, rhubarb pie, Tennessee lemon pie, banana cream pie, coconut cream pie, key lime pie, lemon meringue pie, and add to that apple crumb pie, and cherry crumb pie, and rhubarb crumb pie, and blueberry crumb pie, and peach crumb pie, and mixed berry crumb pie, by the whole, or by the slice. Now, I'm truly sorry if you're on a diet, <laughs> and I've just tempted you, or made life difficult for you. But as for me, I'm kind of in my happy place right now. Rock Springs Cafe and Pie Shop in a place called Black Canyon, Arizona. West side of Interstate 17, about 15 minutes north of where our children live in Anthem, about a half hour north of where Karen and I stayed in Glendale. And obviously, we went there. This year being no different than our other times in Arizona. And as we were moving the Rock Springs Cafe and Pie Shop and walking out to our car carrying three pies, I looked at Karen and I said, this is my happy place. <laughs> You've got one of those don't you? A, a happy place, a, a situation, an activity, a, a, a memory that makes you feel happy. Now, I don't think they were using that kind of terminology back in Simon Peter's day, but I can't help but believe 
that Peter and James and, and John felt that way that day they were privileged on that mountain to see Jesus Christ in all of his glory along with Moses and Elijah. It was Peter who said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Modern translation, this is our happy place. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. It was their happy place. John would revisit this happy place at least twice when he was writing, moved by the Spirit, writing God's Word. First of all, from the opening chapter of his gospel, John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then a little later in his first letter, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, he's recalling that moment, his happy place, and he goes there and he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, in which we have seen with our own eyes, in which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Peter also revisited this happy place at least once as he was writing scripture. In 2 Peter, as he was writing to prepare his friends for his death, and he wrote this, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. That moment, that place, it was their happy place. And understandably so. I mean, having said that, I can't help but imagine anything else. That if it had been you and me, if we had been given that privilege to be on that mountain and to have seen the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his glory, those moments, that memory, that place, that would be our happy place, wouldn't it? it still can be our happy place. For you see, it's not a place. It's not on some mountain over in the distant Holy Land. It's not being in a place. It's being with a person. It's not being somewhere. It's being with someone. It's being with Jesus. He is our happy place. He's your happy place when it comes to forgiveness for your sins. He's your happy place when you are overwhelmed with the complexities and troubles and aches and losses and heartbreaks of life. He's your happy place when death breaks into your life and invades your life and takes someone you love from you. Listen to her story. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume 
And as she stood behind Jesus at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. And then Jesus went on to tell him a story about forgiveness. And following that story, Jesus said this to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. She was with Jesus, and that was her happy place. It was being in his forgiveness. His forgiveness was her happy place. It can also be yours. When you are filled with sorrow over your sins, when you are deeply saddened by the kind of person you have been and the things that you have done, when you feel judged and condemned more by your own guilty conscience than anything or anyone else, when you turn to him, and ask him for forgiveness. It will be for you like it was for her. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven, your faith has saved you, go in peace. His forgiveness is your happy place. And if you're looking for a tangible place to celebrate that and have as your happy place in a few moments, come to the Lord's table, where he will give you of his body and blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And as you receive that little sip of wine and that little piece of bread, you are receiving total forgiveness for all of your sins. May that moment be a, a happy place for you with Jesus. Listen to his story. There was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So wrote the Apostle Paul, indicating who was his happy place in times of trouble. Jesus was his happy place. And when, like it was for Paul, your problems and your burdens and your struggles don't go away, even though you've asked and you've pleaded for them to be taken away, still then, 
Jesus is your happy place, still then he will give you the strength you need to live on and through whatever it is that you are being asked to endure. And during such times, just keep leaning on him. Keep leaning into him more for strength. His promise to you is this, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my happy place. I will not be afraid. Listen to their story. Their brother Lazarus had died. Mary and Martha both had hoped that Jesus would get there before that happened in order to prevent that from happening. But it didn't happen that way. And when Jesus did finally come, Martha goes out and says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And following Martha's response that she affirmed that, that she believed that, Jesus said this to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You know how their story ends, don't you? It ended the same way that your story will end. It ended the same way that the story of your loved one who died in faith in Jesus will end. It will end like it ended for Jesus on Easter morning. It will end with a coming back to life. It will end with a resurrection. Here is their story. Here is your story. Your happy place to go to in times of grief and loss to comfort your heart. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or grieve like those who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Or as it simply says, in Psalm 23, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's your ultimate happy place. And even though we're not there yet, we can still today and every day say, it's good, Lord, to be here, to be here living in and with your forgiveness, to be here living in and with your strength, to be here living with your promise of everlasting life. Truly, Jesus is your happy place. Rock Springs, a distant second. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.